Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Coming up in about 13 minutes, Jason Lockenfora, Odyssey NFL Insider, is set to join the program. He'll have all the nuggets from this past week at the NFL Scouting Combine. Plus, we'll ask him about what rumors he's been hearing as the quarterback carousel continues to spin. Derek Carr putting pen to paper with the Saints earlier today. Four years, $100 million guaranteed, $150 million over the life of the deal. And then Geno Smith. I put in pen to paper with the Seattle Seahawks three years, $102 million uh, for Geno Smith to re-up and be the signal caller for the Seattle Seahawks moving forward. Uh, the Seahawks are interesting, and I'll make sure to ask Jason, does, does them inking Geno Smith to a deal preclude them from selecting a quarterback uh, in next month's draft? That'll be something uh, to watch moving forward as we creep up uh, on next month's NFL draft. The Washington Commanders uh, have the 16th pick, and a lot of folks talking about the cornerback spot and what they could potentially uh, upgrade out of that position. Cornerback, offensive line, linebacker. No real lean as to which way Washington's going to go right now. Uh, one way that we probably don't expect them to go right now is quarterback at pick number 16. But uh, according to some folks, the quarterback position for Washington isn't as clear-cut as Ron Rivera may be making it seem. Mike Florio of the Pro Football Talk podcast had this to say about a particular veteran option coming here to D.C. Being a little wrinkle about Eric Bieniemy becoming the offensive coordinator of the Commanders. The statement made by Ron Rivera, coach of the Commanders, during Super Bowl week, said it on our show with Chris Sims and me. They're not going to pursue a veteran free agent starter. Sam Howell is QB1 entering the offseason program. At best, they'll sign a veteran backup to support and develop Sam Howell. Maybe they're waiting to see in Washington whether the nearby Ravens ultimately apply the non-exclusive franchise tag to Lamar Jackson. This would be the setup, throwing everyone off the scent. No, we're not. No, a year after we called every team in the league inquiring as to whether or not their quarterback is available in trade and got ridiculed for it because, yes, we even called the Chiefs. This year, we're just not even in the market. We're not considering it. Nope, 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 nope. We're going with the guy that played one game, and we think he would have been a first or a second round pick if he'd come out in the draft a year earlier. We got him at a lower level. It's a steal. He's our guy. He's our guy. Next question. And look, it wouldn't be the first time that somebody did a 180 for something they told us. I'm not saying Ron Rivera's lying. Some of these teams may not want to get the same blowback that the Browns got last year for the Deshaun Watson deal. Well, you think Daniel Snyder cares right now about blowback from the league? <laughs> do you do you think he he feels like he's got a he's got to tiptoe around the management council at a time when there's a sense they want to run him off? This would be the ultimate middle finger in the eye of the power structure if he does it. Oh, and he ties the hands of the next owner with a five-year fully guaranteed contract. Doesn't mean anything to him. He's cashing out. So I just got a weird feeling that the commander is taking the position that Howell is their guy and they're not going to pursue a veteran starter could be the first step in what culminates in if the Ravens apply the non-exclusive franchise tag. The commander's making a play for him with Eric Bieniemy as the coordinator. 
juicy, juicy stuff from our friend Mike Florio over at Pro Football Talk. Boy, oh boy, did he just open up Pandora's box. Jason Lockenfour, Odyssey NFL Insider, set to join us in about nine minutes. Uh, he's been all over the Lamar Jackson situation in Baltimore. As a matter of fact, when he first had him on the show a couple weeks ago, it was the first time I had heard that Lamar, barring something unforeseen, was not going to be the Ravens' starting quarterback next year. I said it at the top of the show. Baltimore has until tomorrow at 4 o'clock Eastern time to come to terms on a long-term extension with Lamar Jackson. Everything we've heard up to this point is that that is not going to happen, right? So the decision then has to be made whether or not they're going to apply the exclusive franchise tag, which would carry a salary cap hit of about $45 million, or the non-exclusive franchise tag, which would carry a salary cap hit of about $33 million, and it would allow other teams to potentially negotiate with Lamar Jackson on a long-term deal while compensating the Ravens. It would have to be, I believe the way it goes for the non-exclusive tag, it's a minimum two first-round picks uh, when that deal is first done. Now, obviously, we know based off of the Deshaun Watson deal, it would be more than two first-round picks. But, man, it was interesting hearing that from Mike Florio because that is something that makes a lot more sense. Talking about an adequate plan at quarterback for Washington. That's something to keep your eyes on. That makes sense for a guy going into year four of a five-year deal. Go out and get the biggest name possible available at the position. Talking about Lamar Jackson. Now, the reason I played that audio, now that audio is about two, three weeks old now. The reason I played that for you is because Matthew Barry, our friend over at NBC Sports Edge, formerly of ESPN, he doubled down. He doubled down on that report from Mike Florio earlier today. Uh, in his piece that I'm about to retweet on Twitter, you can go find me on Twitter, at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Uh, Matthew Barry gave the 23 most intriguing things that he heard at the Combine and had this to say about the Washington Commanders. Quote, here's what I can tell you from both Washington team sources I spoke to and NFL League sources. He's selling. He talking about Daniel Snyder. If he doesn't do it on his own, he's going to be forced to, but it doesn't seem like it will come to that. He will sell to someone but that someone will not be Jeff Bezos. Bear with me now. That's also big news right there. Aside from all the other reasons folks have given, one person told me Snyder hates how it looks that Bezos would drive him from the NFL and then get his team. Snyder would rather take less money than sell it to Bezos. Here's where it gets very, very interesting. The fully guaranteed deal with Watson secretly drove a lot of other NFL teams crazy, as you might imagine. So what if, on his way out, Dan Snyder gave Lamar Jackson exactly what he wants? A fully guaranteed six-year deal. A deal he won't have to pay off because he'll be gone. Also, delivering Jackson would certainly help Snyder salvage his legacy. It's a perfect win-win. Snyder sticks it to the rest of the league by resetting the quarterback market in an insane way and also delivers a franchise quarterback to Washington. People may dismiss the idea because Florio's idea was later used to prank the part in my take guys as PFT commenter is a well-known commanders fan and it went viral. We played that on Friday if you were tapped into overtime with me, but I'm told there is some actual smoke to that fire end quote. Breathe easy, Commanders fans, because this is this this is the type of stuff that gets me hot and bothered. This is the type of stuff that makes me not be able to fall asleep at night. This is the type of stuff that gets me staying up till three o'clock in the morning, finagling my Madden roster to get Lamar Jackson on the squad. This is real. This is now two folks, two folks, very prominent folks with ties to DC that have now come out and said Lamar Jackson to Washington is not some sort of pipe dream the way everyone's making it seem like it is. And if you listen to the reasoning from both Florio and from Matthew Barry, as I just read out, this is a Daniel Snyder-driven move. And that, that's why I think there's some validity and merit to it. 110%. Because it makes sense. Think about how outraged the owners were last year when Lamar Jackson, excuse me, when Deshaun Watson 
got that fully guaranteed $250 million deal. People were livid. And the whole conversation since then has been, was that deal an outlier? Or did Deshaun Watson just reset the market? Now, it's going to be proven this offseason whether or not that was an outlier or it reset the market. Because guess what? Jalen Hurts needs a new deal. Joe Burrow needs a new deal. Justin Herbert needs a new deal. Lamar Jackson needs a new deal. So if you're Daniel Snyder, you already know you're on your way out. You're gone. Your ass is grass, so to speak. Through hell or high water, there's no chance you will be the owner next year. One parting move, one final move, one final chef's kiss to your beloved Washington Commanders fan base would be to go out and swing the big stick, fly Redskins one up 95, and go scoop up Lamar Action Jackson. What? Could you imagine? Could you imagine the impact that that would have not only across the National Football League, but right here locally? As my show finished up yesterday, as I'm leaving the station, I take the Metro. I'm seeing all the D.C. Defenders fans come in via the Metro. Two weeks now, we've seen the Defenders play at home. And I don't give a damn about XFL football. I'll be honest with you. But what I do know and what, it, what, what was shown to me by the, the Defenders is that this Washington NFL fan base is a sleeping giant. They're itching, scratching, clawing, begging for something to root for. If people are going to pack out Defenders games, could you imagine if RFK or a new stadium gets dropped here in the city? People would go ludicrous. It would be the premier destination. According to Mike Florio, according to Matthew Barry, we might not be too far off from that. It would be the ultimate middle finger in the eye of the power structure of Daniel Snyder on his way out leaves a fat tab for the new owner to pay. Because that's how this stuff works. And I'm sure whatever billionaire owner buys this team, they're not going to have a problem paying Lamar Jackson. Why would they? You know, who, you know who's going to have the problem, though? The rest of the NFL teams. Because now that new Lamar Jackson deal is going to be the standard and the precedent for quarterback contracts moving forward. We'll continue to dive into this as the show rolls on. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, Jason Lockenfora, Odyssey NFL Insider, is set to join the program. We'll ask him about that Lamar Jackson rumor, plus a whole lot more next here on The Fan. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Halfway through this Monday night edition of Overtime, Youngest in Charge Movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 10-15 before we dish the rock to our coverage of Washington Capitals hockey. Uh, the boys in red on the road tonight taking on the L.A. Kings. Face-off for that one set for 10-30. Uh, pre-game coverage gets started at 10-15 right here on The Fan. We've been talking all things Washington Commanders uh, throughout the duration of the show to this point. Uh, right now, though, we're being joined by Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lockenfor. He is the host of the Odyssey original podcast, In the Huddle with Brian Baldinger and Carl Dukes, covering the entire National Football League. JLC, how you doing, my man? I'm doing well. How are you? I am good. The last time we talked, you dropped the bombshell on this show that you believe Lamar Jackson's days in Baltimore are numbered. Oh, yeah. Uh, Obviously, tomorrow is the big day. They got to choose whether or not. Well, first, they have to see if they'll come to agreement on an extension, which we don't expect them to do. That ain't happening. Then they've got to choose the exclusive franchise tag or the non-exclusive franchise tag. Mm -hmm. You have a hunch as to which way they're leaning on that. Well, I mean, look, the idea that they're going to negotiate down to the wire and we're going to just do everything we can to get him signed by 4 o'clock tomorrow. If you're Lamar Jackson at this point, and, you know, people want to maximize their earning potential, right? Mm -hmm. Every pro athlete ideally would get to the market and become a free agent and find out in real time what the other people in their profession thought they were worth, right? That's how you maximize your earning potential, ask Kirk Cousins. Mm -hmm. So, like, he's on the cusp of at least getting a bastardized version of that. Like, he's not going to be an unrestricted free agent, even though he played out five years on a CBA that he had no say in whatsoever, um, but this is going to be the closest thing to it. Whichever form of free of, of franchise tag they choose is going to allow him to sort of, um, you know, show his wares in a way he never has before. Hmm. So short of them just calling him and saying, we're giving you everything you ever wanted, why would he possibly even consider discussions with them right now? Yeah. Like, what does he have to get? You know what I mean? Like, they know what he wants. They haven't given it to him yet. And he's about to get potentially 31 other owners to tell him what he thinks he's worth. Or, and obviously not all 31 all other right. teams are going to be involved in this thing. But, like, why would you even for a moment say, oh, yeah, now I'm going to flinch and take what you have on the table? Like, yeah. there's no injury risk. There's no – like, it's ludicrous. So he's going to get tagged. Which tag? If they put the non-exclusive tag on him and they lose him for two first-round picks – Everyone from team president Sashi Brown on down in football operations should be terminated. <laughs> you know, Eric DaCosta, yeah. it's their job, right? They've got all these people making, you know, seven figures or more a year, including well, well, hold an esteemed... on, Hold on, Jason. We, we, we think it'll be more than two first-round picks, I'm assuming. But right? see, if they put the non-exclusive tag on him and someone makes an offer that they don't match, owners don't fire themselves. But everybody in football operations should be fired yeah. because – they know what the owner's truly, at the end of the day, willing, willing, willing to spend because he's telling that to them and no one else. And it's their job. They just came back from the combine. The whole league was there. You got a team president making seven figures a year. You got a GM making seven figures a year. You got a former GM, Ozzie Newsom, who should be in the Hall of Fame twice, still making seven figures a year hanging around there. You got multiple cap guys. Like, you got another contract negotiator. You got all your MIT and Stanford computer, you know, whiz kids, the analyst and the analytics side telling you what he's worth. If you have misread this market to the point where you put a low tag on him and you lose him for two ones, you should all be gone. Yeah. Like, I'm not, if that's, if you're that kind of a bobo, then you don't deserve to use the two picks you got for this guy. I'll find somebody else to do it, or I'll just see whatever name the supercomputer spits out, and I'll take (laughs) that. Like, yeah. So, they got a decision to make, but, like, to me, it's not really much of a decision because the billionaire's worth more than a billion, and his franchise is worth 
I don't know, $5 billion. And they're getting all this money from the gambling stuff now and the new Amazon deal and the new Sunday ticket deal. And he got a $600 million sweetheart deal from the state to give him his new lease. If they're not willing to spend the $15 million cash and cap difference between – or whatever, $13 million between the high tag and the low tag, yeah, then crazy. <laughs> like, you should shut down – you should sell the team. Do, you should do, sell the team to someone who actually wants to maximize return. Do you right? think Steve like, Biscotti? Do you, do you think Steve Biscotti is worried about backlash from the other owners if he gives Lamar that deal? Because the the big rumor was that the owners were ticked off about the about the Deshaun Watson deal. So I'm assuming. I mean, Jimmy Haslam didn't seem to care. I mean, I, I don't know. Two different Steve guys. Biscotti's though. team in the next two years anyway. What does he care? Like, if he's really trying to win and expand the window for Lamar Jackson. And the price of his franchise has only gone up exponentially. Like, he's not in this to make friends. He lives on a boat. Yeah. He's kind of sort of a recluse. Like, I, I don't I – don't, like, he doesn't, he doesn't, go, doesn't go to league meetings. You know what I mean? Like, unless he absolutely positively has to. Like, what's he – he doesn't hang out with any of these people. Like, what is he – like, yeah. what's the difference? Just trying to make sense of the whole thing because, like, like you've been saying all along, the fact that they haven't come to Lamar with a fair deal to this point it kind of just well, I mean, feeds fair, the rumors unfair, that nothing's going to happen. They, they've had multiple windows where they could have got this done for a whole hell of a lot less than it would take now. And they didn't get it done, and now here we sit. But they have a calculus to make here. Do we put the exclusive tag on him? We have a say in where he goes. We help broker the deal. Nothing gets done unless we're you know willing to make the trade. Or do we go this other path where we, we we give ourselves more wiggle room to sign more mediocre football players in the interim, and we got 15 million additional and or whatever 13, 14 million additional in cap between the 32 and the 45, and we let somebody else negotiate the contract for us, and we hope and pray that it's something that Stevie's you know willing to match at the end of the day, or else all we get is two ones for a, for this player. Meantime, you know we've seen terrible safeties. You know, like Adams get traded for more than that. We, 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 we've seen receivers get traded for a whole hell of a lot more than that. We've seen quarterbacks like, you know, Russell Wilson, who are way older than this cat, go for, you know, the equivalent of three ones plus. If all they get is two ones for him, and consider this too. When you go non-exclusive, again, you don't get to control it. So what if the team that ends up putting the contract together with the poison pill, what if they're not even – Picking in the top ten, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what if it's the Raiders, right? So now the picks aren't even as good as they would be if you controlled the situation. Like, I mean, I'm just thinking totally outside the box. But like, what if it was the San Francisco 49ers? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what if it was a team that you're not really talking about that just decides that has an owner that just decides they're going to do it? What if it's the Miami Dolphins, right? They said, I feel like the name. I feel like the name. They lost it for tampering with Tom Brady. Right? That's the risk you run if you try to get too cute. But they've been too cute by half through this entire thing. So I don't put it past them. But all I'm saying again is, if they do that and they get burned, they should all be fired. (laughs) Yeah, I I totally agree with you. The name that I felt like was on the tip of your tongue. I don't know if you've heard any of the rumors that have come out today via Matthew Barry. Do you think Daniel Snyder has the cojones? to go out and swing big for Lamar Jackson and then leave that hefty tab for the next owner. Well, I don't know why he would do that because, like, unless he, the only reason I think he would do it is if he thinks it, it – if he has some inkling that he's going to be able to get exponentially more for the value of the franchise with Lamar Jackson there. Like, I would think the only he, reason he would do it. I don't think it would be to leave the other guy holding the bag. I think it would be to get more out of the other guy because – Hey, I, I didn't get the stadium belt, and I didn't get the, you know, my practice facilities for Gazy, but I just got you a dude who's going to sell you. You know what I mean? You could play yeah. you, you, you could play on a backfield, you know what I mean, on asphalt, and 50,000 people are going to show up, and if you charge them $20 a beer, they'll pay it, you know? Yeah. So, I, I, but I don't see that happening. I, I don't think that's reasonable. I don't think that's where Dan Snyder is. I, I don't think – that's where anybody in that organization is like that, that would no, I, that would be curveball. That would be bizarre world to me. I don't hear anything remotely close to that. Okay. That's interesting. Let's, let's ask you about some other news and notes that came out of the combine. Obviously we had Derek Carr, 
put pen to paper with the New Orleans Saints today. What does that do to the rest of the quarterback carousel, specifically for the teams in the NFC South? We know Carolina's got a top ten pick. There, there, there are no bargains. Yeah. I mean, there just there there aren't. Like I, I don't think that's smart business. I don't. I wouldn't do that. You know, I would think Mickey Loomis knows better than that. But that's an owner where they get what you know they get whatever they want. I mean, yeah. Gail Benson is the least micromanaging owner in the league. Like. I don't know if she gives them a cash budget or what. It can't be. A, I mean, they go way over. You know, they go they over cap it, with yeah. regularity, and she just keeps funding it, which is great. If I'm a Saints fan, I'm all for it. I just don't think this is smart spending. Um, what do you think is the drawback of Carr? Because when you look at the Saints roster defensively, we know they've been good for the past couple of seasons. The offensive line's intact. What, what do you think is is the reason that it won't work out? That it could potentially not work out? I just I don't think he's particularly good. Uh, I, I think there's something off there. Um, there's a little too much double agent in him for my liking. Yeah. Uh, for that kind of money, I, I don't think it's a substantial upgrade. I'd rather go give Jacoby Brissett whatever he's going to get, 20, than lock into this guy for, wow. you know what I mean, 90, like a real 90. Do you, eh. do you think Jacoby Brissett's going to command $20 million on the open market? In this case, he absolutely should. I think, I mean. He's the best guy out there to me. I, I don't, I mean, Jacoby Brissett, the 12 games he played for the Cleveland Browns, he, he had Two or three terrible decisions. He had one bad game, but that that offense was humming. The reason the Cleveland Browns didn't make the playoffs is they couldn't stop anybody, right. and then they benched their better quarterback for a crappy quarterback because they paid the crappy quarterback two hundred thirty-two million fully guaranteed or whatever. <laughs> so, no, I don't. I don't think Derek Carr is special. I don't think he's good. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. Look at all the weapons they had there last year, and he lost his job to Jared Stidham. Like I. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I, I don't think he's a how much difference you, maker. How much do you buy into the change of scenery helping him out? Because you know the reports that him and Josh McDaniels didn't get off on the right foot. I, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. Tell me the meaningful. Derek Carr's been in the league a long time. Like, tell me the really, really meaningful games he's played. I'll, I'll shut up and listen. You got me. No, you got me on that one. We're talking you know, to like, I, I don't know. And I yeah. get it. The Raiders have had their issues on defense and this or that. I... I, I I don't know the need to spend that kind of money for him right now. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I just wouldn't. Um, and the market doesn't a win crazy a lot of games. Right I, I don't know, man. I don't like his decision making. I think when things start going a little bit like off the thing, just the moment it's not optimal, I feel like it goes downhill. Um, like, even the Seattle thing, like, I, I get why they did what they did with Gino. Mm-hmm. I'm not shocked. I wrote about it in the Washington Post a long time ago, in the middle of the season, that, hey, they're going to get this guy signed on a bridge contract. It's it's a little bit more than I would like to do, but that's the cost of doing business at, at the quarterback position. And, right. you know, all the more reason. I'm telling you, Daniel Jones is going to – we can say it's right, wrong, and different, whatever, whatever, whatever. If I'm Daniel Jones's representation today. I'm feeling better than ever about my ability with his athleticism at his, his age with that, with that team that's been searching for the answer since Eli – Went the tank. I'm feeling better and better about my ability to make north of 45 million. Like I, yeah, you, you'd have. I, to. I, I just, I just am. Which again brings us back to the Lamar Jackson of it all, and it's like his like, number's gonna be whatever insane. the full guarantees are or not or whatever. He's gonna make 50 million dollars a year or more. Period. Yeah. And the first three years plus are gonna be fully guaranteed. And whether that's Wherever that ends up being, I, I think that's just a reality. So I think Jason, today was another really good day for Lamar Jackson. So, Jason, do you ultimately think this is going to be the offseason where we see this? We, we, we thought it exploded last year, but with Jalen Hurts getting ready to sign, with Burrow getting ready to sign, right. it's all about it's all going to be about order because I'm going to assume if Lamar does his deal first, which I can't imagine he does, they're all going to ask for more money than he got. So we could be talking about quarterbacks making $60 million annually potentially. Well, it's like leapfrog, right? It's it's all sort of a game of leapfrog, and timing is everything. And it's, you know, it. it there was a point in time where Joe Flacco was the highest paid player in the history of the NFL. I mean, that that, you know what I mean? That that happened. I mean, Kirk Cousins getting, what has it been? Six years ago, he got three years, eighty-eight million, fully guaranteed, which means they got to come back to the bargaining table with you after year one. Because they already need salary cap help, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah it's, so it, it's it, it's it's just about 
timing. And, yeah, it's that continuum and finding that sweet spot and striking. And, and the real reality of it is that if, if I'm the NFLPA, like if I'm looking at this whole panorama, I want to grab Lee Steinberg and, you know, yeah. and, and tar and feather him. Because the fact that Mahomes now, because of how many years they signed off on and how ridiculous that contract was, and only $63 million over the first three years, like if that, if that contract was done even somewhat cogently, he'd have been back to the table by now, and he'd have jumped everybody. You know what I mean? But right. instead, when you sign off 12 years of your career at a fixed cost, and I get it, he's fine. Like he's not sitting there, you know, stewing over it, and, and he's going to win more Lombardis. But, like, that's the outlier. People are like the Deshaun Watson contract, the outlier. Well, guess what? What Lee Steinberg did with Patrick Mahomes a couple of years ago was the ultimate outlier because Clark Hunt got the, the greatest subsidy in the history of professional sports. Do, do you think this ultimately, and I know this, sound, this might be a stretch, do you think it's going to start changing the way teams view these quarterbacks? I, I know the drafting them in the first round gets you that extra year of protection, but could we maybe one day see a scenario where like the Baltimore Ravens, the guy gets to the end of his deal and they decide, hey, look, we want to restart with another quarterback for five years. We're about to see it. I mean, yeah, that's I mean, <laughs> not the smart way to do it. Like, it wasn't – they didn't line it up this way. Nobody was thinking this when this when this kid is, you know, goes 26 touchdowns, no interceptions in the red zone, the first full season as a starter and wins a unanimous MVP award. Um, but, like, don't, don't, don't get it twisted. This was not the master plan. I mean, but it could be where they land, where they end up, and could somebody else follow? I mean, I, I don't know. You know, does Dean Spanos just never want to pay Justin Herbert what he's worth? You know, well, or what he thinks yeah. he's worth, and and they're just too cheap to do it too. I mean, maybe like I, but I, I I will say this: a lot of people are doubting Mike Brown right now, and a lot of people like to throw arrows at the Bengals, and I get it. They've been the Bengals for most of the history, and they have been long periods of time where they haven't spent any money. But he also made Carson Palmer the highest-paid player in the history of the NFL, you know, a long time ago, but not all that long ago. And I think he understands this kid's value. And if anybody does it, you know, you were like, well, they're worried about what other owners think of them, and they're all colluding, and they are, and they're trying to. But if anybody would tell them, go to hell, this kid's going to, you know, this kid's going to change my fortunes and the fortunes of generations of Browns to come in a way nobody else ever has, it would be him. Yeah. And I don't think it's out of the question that he just gives Joe Burrow five years, $250 million, knowing that two years from now it's going to look like a complete bargain. Because once it happens twice, all the other real billionaires who are way richer than him are going to have no more excuses anymore, and the walls are going to come tumbling down. And he'd rather be at the forefront of that movement than trying to play catch-up when he's running a mom-and-pop shop and some of these other dudes have you know Walmart money behind them. Yeah. Hey, Jason, I appreciate you get, getting us up to speed, my man. Look forward to talking to you soon. Always my pleasure. Thank you. That is Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lockenfora giving us the goods per usual. Make sure to follow Inside the Huddle on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we've got another friend joining the party. Our buddy Tampa Bay Trey, Trevor Sikama, a pro football focus, is set to join us with the latest rumors from out Indianapolis at the Combine. Who are some of his favorite prospects heading into next month's draft? All that and more next here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Big thanks to Jason Lock and Fora, Odyssey NFL Insider, for joining us in the last segment. If you missed any of that, make sure you download the free Odyssey app. Use the Odyssey Rewind feature and go back to the top of the 8 o'clock hour for my conversation with JLC. Plenty of good nuggets uh, on all the quarterbacks moving forward here. The quarterback carousel continuing to spin. We saw Geno Smith get inked to a new deal with the Seahawks earlier, and Derek Carr taking his talents to the Big Easy, the NFC South seems like it's the New Orleans Saints to lose at this point. Uh, right now, though, want to jump into the time machine. Let's go back out to Indianapolis. The guy's not there anymore, at least I don't think. Uh, we're being joined right now by our buddy Tampa Bay Trey, a.k.a. Trevor Sikama, who does draft coverage for Pro Football Focus. You can follow him on Twitter, at Tampa Bay Trey, and make sure you download the co-host, excuse me, you download the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. Uh, Trey does a good job on that. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? Oh man, if I was still in Indianapolis, the body would the, the body the body would not forgive me. So no, thankfully I'm not there. Combine week's a long week as it is. Dude. I couldn't be there till Monday. Dude, I know, man. I know a lot of people are traveling home today. Uh you were out there though in Indianapolis. What were some of your big takeaways? Man, I mean, of course, I, I think the very first thing that we have to talk about is obviously the Jalen Carter news. I mean, that's yeah. that's absolutely shaking up the entire NFL draft. Now I'm not gonna sit here and make any kind of speculations about what's going to happen, not only legally with Jalen Carter, but also what could happen with his draft stock. But I'll just say this is, this is, I mean, it feels like unprecedented, right? It felt like a a Laramie Tunsil situation Mm -hmm. all over again, right? Where something happened and you just had no idea how it was going to affect somebody's draft stock. Of course, Tunsil's incident happened on draft night. So these general managers had just minutes to figure out whether, what they wanted to do with that situation. And it's a little different here because they've still got, about two months until draft night, but who knows, right? It's an ongoing investigation. They're still figuring things out. And Jalen Carter, I mean, a lot of people, and myself included, had him as the number one overall player in this class. And so it's a massive shakeup given what happened, the timing of it, and, you know, what's going to happen moving forward. Yeah, Trey, it's a, it's a sad situation, man. You hate to see a young man with, with the potential that he does uh, potentially hurt his future like this. I wonder, though, how different it would be if he would have been upfront about the situation from the get-go, because based on the reporting, uh, it wasn't till after the news came out that he had a warrant that some of these GMs knew about the situation. I know in this draft process, when you're you're going and doing deep homework on these guys, these are young men. So of course they're going to make mistakes. It's about how you handle yourself post mistake. But do you think Carter got off on the wrong foot by hiding this thing? Yeah, I, look, I mean, you know, hiding the truth is uh, it, 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 it's never placed to your advantage, it feels like, right? I mean, right. the truth's always going to come out one way or the other, um, and you'd rather be upfront with somebody than not. I think that that's always the case. That's a life lesson that you can take in any situation. But, you know, I, I just don't know enough about what was hidden, mm-hmm. um, what we're going to find out actually happened in the story. So, I mean, I don't want to speculate too much on that because we, we don't know exactly what that truth is, right, even at this point with the warrant out for his arrest and everything that, that, that had happened, we don't know exactly what that truth part of it is, right? It, the investigation's ongoing. We've got some notes, but that's going to continue to happen, and I think we're going to get more details of, of what's going on, um, what exactly his role was in all of this. And um, certainly, you know, the truth is always something that you want to have up front. You want to be able to deal with things and deal with mistakes and all that stuff. But, I, you know, I'm not going to – I'm not going to sit here and speculate uh, what happened uh, and exactly what needed to come out at what time, but you know, who knows, I think, at this point, of just what's going to happen with Carter and his draft stock. Yeah, man. Else, The other stuff that uh, we were able to find out down there in, in Indianapolis at the Combine is that this class, 
I think we already knew it coming into Indy. Very deep at the cornerback spot. Seems like it's very deep at the edge rusher spot. Uh, and the tackles doing some uh, doing some damage as well. I want to talk about the cornerbacks because Washington, the commanders pick at number 16, and that's one of the big needs for this roster moving forward is the cornerback spot. Uh, what were some possible names that impressed you in Indy that could be available for Washington at 16? Yeah, I think the biggest one to me has got to be Deontay Banks for Maryland, right? Yeah. I mean, he was the guy who really popped out athletically, 40-yard dash, vertical jump, broad jump. So the speed and explosiveness categories all tested above the 96th percentile for cornerbacks. And so this dude's an absolute athlete. He weighs in about six foot one, uh, sub 200, about 197, but that's perfect. I mean, that's exactly what you want. And all of that athleticism shows up on tape, man. I, I feel like I've been talking about Deontay Banks for a while now, and a lot of people have been ignoring him because he doesn't have – the takeaways, you know, I think he's only got two interceptions to his career in Maryland and he's just not somebody who naturally finds the ball really well, but you know what he does? He covers, man. He covers about as well as anybody in this class. And so at the bare minimum, I feel like you have a fantastic CB two. And if he, if he evolves to get some ball skills in him, then you got a CB one in the NFL. So look, if you got Deontay Banks as your CB two, you got a damn good cornerback duo in the NFL. So this dude can play up in man coverage. He's got the body type for it. He'll stay tight in your hip pocket. He's got some of the best mirror ability of any corner in this class. And so I feel like he's the biggest riser. He's somebody who we saw kind of early second round, late first round projections and mock drafts with him. I think he's going to start to find a home in mock drafts and projections a lot closer to where Washington picked, a lot more towards that middle of the first round area. We know guys like Christian Gonzalez, guys like Joey Porter Jr., guys like Devon Witherspoon. They've been potential targets or hopes for Washington there in the middle of the first round, but and you got to throw Deontay Banks in there too. Trevor, when you look at the, the order of the draft and then look at the team needs, where do you see that run on cornerbacks happening? Because just how deep this class is, you expect to see a run in the first round, I assume. Yeah, I, I think, you know, first corner could come off the board six for Detroit. I, I think that's where I really look. I, shoot, unless the – Seahawks yeah. would, I think, would blow everybody away by taking a corner at number five. I know they'd like to get one opposite Tariq Woolen, be able to move Kobe Bryant full time inside of that nickel spot that he played so well. But I'd be shocked if one goes five. But I would say corner for the Detroit Lions at number six is really where it starts. Falcons could certainly take one at eight. Eagles could certainly take one at number ten, and then we get a little bit further into it, uh, and we get a lot closer to Washington's pick there. I think the Patriots might be a team that could potentially. Snipe the snipe the commanders uh, there at 14. And so those are really the teams where I think corner could go off the board. Now it's a deep corner class and it's a good corner class. So it's not to think that every single one of those teams that I listed is going to take one, mm -hmm. but we've seen mock drafts plenty of different times where six, eight, um, 10, and then 14 are the picks before Washington that we've seen corners go off the board. We're joined right now on the BetQL guest hotline by Trevor Sycamore, NFL draft analyst for Pro Football Focus. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey. The other position of need for Washington Trey is the offensive line. They could use help on the interior at both the guard spots. The center's a question. Hell, both the tackle spots are even questions. At 16, is there somebody you expect to be there for Washington to take, or do you think it's best served that they move back because we know – uh, the depth in this class seems to be on the interior. No, I think they're at a good spot. I really do. You know, I, I, I feel as though after this week, Broderick Jones and Paris Johnson Jr. feel like the two first offensive tackles off, off the board because of how high their athletic potential is, their yeah. build, and you just feel like you can get so much good play out of them. Now that leaves out Peter Skaronsky, right, who I had as my offensive tackle one based off film, played left tackle this past year for Northwestern, but – he measured in, and is that arm length that everybody talks about for offensive tackles, I mean, the threshold for a lot of teams is 33 at a minimum, 33-inch arm length, if not, you know, a little bit longer for some teams. Skaronsky measured in at 32 and one-fourth-inch arm, so that, it's not even close. Like, we're not even really having a discussion. You just have to be okay with your offensive tackle potentially having shorter arms. But that's where the conversation comes in that, okay, well, maybe he's more of a guard. And look, if he's a guard, he's going to be a damn good one. Right. And he's somebody who I would play a tackle before I would play him at guard, right? I'd draft him and see if he can hit at the higher um, higher premium position for you at offensive tackle. And if he doesn't, you know you're going to get a pretty high floor player right. on the interior. So 
for as much as I think mock drafts over the last, let's say, two, three months, Skaronsky's been off the board before Washington comes on the clock at 16. He's more realistic now to think that there's a good chance he could be there at number 16. And so for that, I feel like he's a perfect fit for what Washington's going to want. That's right. That's an interesting scenario because Washington's kind of already dealing with a situation like that in-house with Sam Cosme, their second-round pick from two seasons ago out of Texas. Drafted him as a tackle, but it seems like the plan this offseason is going to be to kick him into guard. Another tackle name that intrigues me, I want to see where you think he'll end up going, uh, is the kid Anton Harrison from Oklahoma. What what do you have on him? Yeah, so Anton Harrison was – I can't remember if he was offensive tackle one or just very close to it when we were coming into the college football season uh, out of summer scouting. And that's because he was going into his junior season, which was this past year, and he already had two full years of starting experience. They started this dude right away. And so that's already impressive enough that he could play at Oklahoma and started offensive tackle um, as just a true freshman. And so this past year, that made it three straight years in a row that he has started at offensive tackle. Now I'll tell you the reason why I had him as OT one is because man, he passed the sector better than anybody. And that's the more valuable um, point of play when it comes to offensive line. Now, of course you want to have guys that are mean and tough. that can move you off the ball and all that good stuff. And of course that's a prerequisite to playing the position in the pros, but there is parts of Anton Harrison's tape when I just felt like that feel for pass protection, you just could not teach how he was able to mirror uh, edge rushers coming from inside and out the hand usage, how he was able to get up into them. It was really impressive to me. Now, something that he does have to get better at, and he did get a little bit better at it this year. It's the strength profile of his game. You know, I felt like too often you'd see a lot of edge rushers really get into his chest, try to bull rush him because he didn't really have that sit anchor stand in the pants, if you will, ability to him where if you bull rushed him, he could sink those heels and stop him. He'll jump a couple of feet back after that initial bull rush and to the point where he's kind of getting his quarterback in a little bit of trouble and you could almost record a pressure from it even with the guy still in front of him. So I think he's got to get stronger. He's definitely got to get stronger to play at the next level. But those pass-protecting instincts, the footwork, the handwork, um, and just how he sees the game – you just can't teach it the way that he's got it right now. So he's got the experience. He's got the instincts. He is somebody that I definitely like, although I have not heard a lot of buzz for him um, in the first round or at least the early parts of the first round, but I seem to be higher on him than most people anyways. Yeah, he's a local kid uh, from D.C., so it would be a nice story if he was able to uh, end up home here with the commanders. I want to switch gears to the quarterback position, uh, specifically the situation here in Washington. Ron Rivera is pretty much – told anybody who would listen that Sam Howe, the rookie fifth-round pick from last season, is going to get the first crack at being this team's QB1. If you can go back to your evaluation of Sam Howe last year uh, in combination for what you saw on tape this year, how confident uh, should Commander's Nation uh, be in Sam Howe being the guy? Yeah, so I actually got to sit down with Ron Rivera and chat with him at the Combine, and I asked him specifically about, you know, Eric Bieniemy and the, the process that they had with um, their offensive coordinator search, and I asked him straight up, I was like, when you were going through these interviews for offensive coordinators, and EB included, was Sam Howell the quarterback that you brought up, right? Because we've seen that uh, a lot from other teams. It's like, hey, we're bringing an offensive defensive coordinator, but we already have our quarterback. We need to make sure that you are good with our quarterback. And I wondered if Sam Howell was getting that kind of treatment, and he said he was. Now, of course, he once again reiterated that it doesn't mean that Sam Howell is for sure the starting quarterback next year, but he went throughout the interview process and said, what can you do with Sam? What do you think about Sam? So at least that tells you that they do have that confidence, and that confidence is real in him. And Look, I'll just say this straight up. There's no way Sam Howe should have been a fifth-round pick. Right. He shouldn't have. Like, like, even for people who were on the lower end of the spectrum of what he was as a passer, I mean, this guy should have gone in the third, fourth round at the very worst. The fact right. that he lasted until the fifth was crazy to me. So I, I didn't necessarily see him as this light-the-world-on-fire first-round pick kind of a guy. But I did think he was a quarterback worth taking a chance on in day two. You know, you see, right. you get him on your roster, you give him a year or two to figure it out, you see if there's a starting spot open available for him, and then you let it ride and you let him see what happens. But it, it's clear that he's kind of going to get that shot no matter who they bring in a quarterback. And um, I, I liked him, man. I felt like Sam Howell passed very, very well when he was a true sophomore. He had guys like Daz Newsome, Diami Brown, Javante Williams, Michael Carter to throw the ball and to hand the ball off to. And then that, that year after that, he didn't have those guys. Yeah. All four of those guys took off, and they were in the NFL. And so Sam had to kind of change his game a little bit. He became more of a rusher. And 
to me, that kind of showed versatility and the kind of talent that he has. So um, if he ends up being the, the guy for Washington, it is a spot that I am intrigued with. Trevor, I'll ask you one more before we get you out of here, man. we got to be quick. We're up against the clock. Obviously, Anthony Richardson lights the world on fire Saturday. C.J. Stroud really impressed in the throwing portion of it. I'll give you my rankings here, four through one, and tell me what you think. I got Hendon Hooker, four. I know I'm probably crazy. Three, I have Anthony Richardson. Two, I have Bryce Young. And after this weekend, I think C.J. Stroud, based on what I saw in the game against Georgia and the Combine, is my quarterback one. What do you think? Yeah, I love C.J. Stroud, man. I mean, he's not over Bryce Young for me. For me, it would go Bryce one, Stroud two, Richardson three, Levis at four. But, man, Stroud's great. I mean, he barely missed a throw, if any at all, this past weekend. I also loved his podium session. He felt like – I felt like he was honest with himself, yet he was confident. He knew where he needed to get better. He's going to have such a bright NFL career. I I was so happy to see him play as well as he did, especially under pressure against that Georgia defense. And, man, the future is bright for him. I don't think he's getting out of the top three after what we saw this week. All right, buddy. I appreciate you giving us some time. We'll do it again soon. Appreciate it, guys. Anytime. That is Trevor Sikama, one of my favorite draft analysts in the game. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Tampa Bay Trey. Uh, does great work for Pro Football Focus. And make sure you check out the NFL Stock Exchange, the show they do on YouTube. I believe you can download it uh, in the podcast form uh, as well. Speaking of the quarterback position, we'll take a quick timeout. We'll reset things. Final hour of power coming up here on this Monday night edition of Overtime. We'll talk all things quarterback out of the break. Ron Rivera, once again, talking. We'll let you hear from him next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 